Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. It is November the 4th, and just when we thought the election was over, yes. it's back. As kind of predicted, not a smooth transition. No. So we'll it, just see how the rest of the week goes. It looks like it's going to go on for a long time, unfortunately. But let's just be clear about this. Um, a lot of you guys have been asking and talking amongst yourselves online about, you know, does it really matter who the next president is? And I don't think the answer is what you might expect, because I really don't think that does matter that much who the next president is, because their housing policy, I mean, by they, I mean, the Democrats housing policy and the Republicans housing policy uh, with regards to loans and with regards to the availability of loans are kind of identical. And if you look at essentially the Fed policy, that is going to be favored by both the Republicans and the Democrats, uh, kind of the same, you know? So you're looking at a long-term low interest rate policy. You're looking at uh, housing to be something that for a long time is going to be seen as um, uh, maybe an entitlement, but I think really, if anything else, it's going to be seen as a leveling up. If you look at, this is kind of a fascinating study, maybe, uh, well, probably a lot of you have read this. When you look at essentially big discrepancies in net worth amongst races and amongst just all that sort of thing, one of the key uh, determinants of whether or not one you know race will generally speaking, or generally speaking has more net worth is home ownership, availability of home ownership. And so home ownership, I think, is always going to be in the United States anymore. Anyway, a real focus of any politician who wishes to be a politician um, and not go back, you know, washing dishes, which whatever they previously did prior to being, you know, a politician. But the, the moral of the story is um, I don't think really who is the president really matters. I do think a divided government actually is a good idea because it kind of slows down the momentum that might, uh, you know, might come from one side or the other. And it gives everyone an opportunity to really sort of forces the situation where everyone has to sort of debate what they truly want as far as, you know, a country. And that's you know the direction we appear to be going. Whether Trump wins or whether Biden wins, you know, it does look like regardless, we're going to have divided government. It looks like the Senate's going to go Republican and the Congress is going to stay uh, Democratic. So, you know, does that mean that anything will happen if it's a Biden victory uh, that's going to be really, I think, measurable? Not really. And, and nor do I think if on the Trump side as well. And you guys got to be really careful. And we've been telling you about this, I think, correctly for over a year. Be really careful not to be political. And I think, you know, I've had a few people that were um, angry that we said that because they think that that's your obligation to be political. And I disagree. And the reason I think it's your obligation to be uh, non-political is because you should be able to service a multitude of people, not just people who think like you think. And the echo chamber that's become our country, and, it's, and the echo chamber has been further fueled by social networking and the, just the tribalization of people's uh, mentalities about fellow Americans, that's really got to end because that's just there's no positive outcome for that. So if you're looking to uh, wonder if you're wondering why your business isn't growing faster, maybe it's simply because you're only doing people business with people who are like you. It's the old argument about versatility when people came into just studying the DISE personality styles. Explain that, Julie. Well, the definition of versatility is your ability to do multiple types of transactions with multiple types of people. 
And what does that mean? It means that maybe they don't have your your own personality style. Maybe you're actually opposite personality styles. You could be an introvert, they're an extrovert or opposites. And that doesn't mean that you say, oh, we, you know, I can't work with that person because we didn't click. Or I only work with people that I hit it off with. Well, you know, if you only need to do a handful of deals a year, that might be just fine. Maybe it's a part-time thing. But if you really are making a living at this, the agents who have versatility are the ones that make all the money. Right. Because they're not all wound up in all this. They're, they're not like, well, you know, I can only deal with you if I, I really feel it. No, it's not your it's not their job to mirror and match you. No, it's your job to understand their personality, be flexible enough to work with multiple people on multiple types of transactions. We'll, we'll go down a little, you know, a, a quick path talking about DISE personality styles. You guys have to understand it's a useful tool, but it's not a science. So DISC is pseudoscience, and pseudoscience is a nice gentlemanly way of saying fake science. It's not real. So the DISC stuff is useful because it helps you to – it sort of forces you to be introspective, and, and I think it also makes you feel good because you realize that you're not the only you know person like you out there. There's other people that have the same hopes and fears, and in a strange way, it makes us all feel more connected. But at the same time, if used improperly as it's usually used in real estate, it makes you feel separate. And this is the reason that we dislike how DISC is generally speaking, how it's used uh, for assessing uh, people's personalities inside uh, real estate. And here's the bottom line reason why. Because people will be given a DISC test and based on the results, they'll be told that they're not good salespeople. Whereas the reality of it is they could have been fantastic salespeople um, if they're you know given the opportunity. But by telling somebody they can't do something when they're vulnerable and they're thinking that this test is some sort of a you know crystal ball into their strengths and their weaknesses, it's absolute crap. And you guys got to be really, really conscious of that. We have had some of the most analytical Political introverted people become some of the most successful real estate agents we've ever coached. You can be successful no matter what your personality style is. Um, you can fail no matter what your personality style is. The personality style, like I said, it's just pseudoscience. It's like parlor trick. That's it's all it really is. Way, way, way overdone. It's up. People with, take it, it just so much too seriously. It's a it's a simple guide that makes you aware of what your tendencies are. And makes you more observant of how other people operate exactly. so you can close the gap. That's it. Right. And so if you get suckered into believing that somehow personality styles are a predetermined of the success level you'll have in life or the types of relationships you'll have in life, um, and that's it. You are what you are. You can't change it. Well, that's a misuse of, I think, of what the original intent of the study was supposed to be. Um, so just keep that in mind. I mean, use the DISC stuff for fun. I've, again, the people that have argued with me are people that teach it, generally speaking. There's people, you know, coaches and gurus and people that have written books whose whole business is predicated on DISC. Or they might be selling the test. Right, exactly. Or they might be actually selling DISC tests, which, by the way, we give you access to a free DISC test that we created. Just go to agentdisc or agentdisc.com and take the test, agentdisc.com. But really where the rubber meets the road on all of this is just understand that no matter what your personality style is, you can be successful. It comes down to your ability to be versatile. And that's where people get a little unhinged because, again, especially in real estate, we've been in rooms before. Julie and I would walk into you know various conferences and we'd usually stand at the back of the room just listening to whatever the speaker was talking about. And then it, if it was a topic of DISC, we've done this dozens of times, online events and whatever, and you're you know pulling the agents in the audience what personality style they are. They always are going to say driver or expressive, whereas the reality of it is, is the probability of that being true is about zero. So the real reason this DISC stuff is uh, is basically pseudoscience is because any self-administered test can be manipulated, and it is. Julie knows how to take the test where she can come out any personality style as you choose. 
right? And or, I've known, or perfectly balanced amongst all four. Right. So again, the point of all of this is just for you to at least have a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of introspective moment where you are realizing that maybe you aren't appealing to the types, to different, you know, types of personalities. And then if you were to be a little bit more versatile, you could be. Well, so to, to make it really practical, because we do coach about that, we do believe that you should have awareness and observation about that. So mm-hmm. when we talk about that, we talk about, okay, there's four different personality styles. How do you win and lose with each of them? Right. So for example, if you have a client that wants a spreadsheet of your comps, but you're not a real spreadsheety type of person, you could lose them over that because not providing that is like you're disrespecting their needs. Julie just gave you a very practical way of understanding what the word practical means and how to apply DISC, right? There's a very simple, simplistic way of understanding. Now, the flip side of that is also true. If you've got somebody that's emotional and they're not data-driven and you are, and you don't know how to basically set aside your data-driven methodology and approach to life and be emotional right there along with them, then you're not going to get that business. And if you want to know how versatile you are, Look to see who you're maybe, we always say like the last five deals you've closed or 10 deals you've closed. I bet you for the most part, the personality styles of the people are identical to yours. Look to see who your best friends are or your friends in general. I bet you they're all similar to you. They're maybe all extroverted or all introverted. Um, they may be a very amiable. They may be very analytical. You guys get the point? And by the same token, who do you have historically the most conflict with? When you had a deal go sideways, or maybe you got into it with another agent, were they kind of the opposite of you? More than likely, that's true. Right. And so that goes back to what we were saying, lack of versatility. So if you want to get along in life, if you want to basically be of service to as many people as you can and be as successful as you possibly can, your job is to understand that maybe you were born with some personality detriments and maybe you're born with some personality benefits. doesn't really matter. You've got to understand that your job is to not make the world like you, but you've got to become like the world. And in doing so, and, and, and you know, yeah, that is becoming a bit like a chameleon, but what you're really doing is you're learning to set your ego aside, you're teaching yourself to be more versatile, and and then you're able to then be a service to more people. That is what we want for all of you. And don't get mired in the mud with trying to like pigeonhole people based on their personality styles. Because then it's just, it is essentially, like I said, pseudoscience. Research the snot out of this, all you guys want. The reality of it is the guy that originally created this, I think was Dr. Marston. He also, you know, he who was involved in a lot of different um, pseudosciences, but he also had a lot of different hobbies. For example, he created the Wonder Book, uh, Wonder, the uh, Wonder comic Woman. book character Wonder Woman, for example, and was involved in a lot of other things. The guy was definitely a creative genius. Um, but again, just be very careful that you don't fall prey to believing that you are what you are and that's just the way it is and nothing's ever going to change and everyone else fits in these perfect little boxes. And I could talk forever why and where that, uh, the you know, the, essentially the foundation for the research uh, came with regard to trying to classify people into different boxes. And if you want to research it yourself, Google the word eugenics. All right, Julie, so let's talk about what are we talking about in the yes. next couple of days? Well, we have had a couple of days talking about um, you know, your Harris, our Harris rules for listings. And now we're going to drill down on this specific rules for being the best listing agent in your market. Again, not just saying, go get more listings. We're talking about how to actually go about it. And this will probably take maybe two or three days. So point number one, or rule number one, this is the most important one. Identify, study, polish, and perfect at least five specific spokes or pipelines of business as discussed in our previous chapter. This is from our Harris Rules book, which you guys all should have. Uh, Know where your business actually comes from and how to track your lead generation. Monitor the effectiveness of what you're doing. 
and change course with your market's expectations. Remember, if you choose to work exclusively with people who you know rather than prospecting for new clients, like unrepresented sellers, probate leads, expireds, you'll need to do way more work way more frequently to generate the leads that you actually need. That would be called really a one-spoke wonder. So I'll give you an example from Premier Coaching that sometimes comes up. You know, agents look at it, all right, what spokes do I want to develop? And often I'll get the question, I want to be an REO agent. I want to be a short sale agent. I want to be a distressed agent. Okay, why? Because, you know, there's got to be people out there that I can help. It seems like an easier spoke for me to go after. And all I do, right now, we go and we see how many foreclosures are actually in your market, which for most people is like zero to 10 in a given zip code. By the way, most quick, of the time. quick side note, I have been receiving your emails and your comments. You guys are asking us to drill down about what's going on with distressed real estate. We're paying very close attention to mm -hmm. that. And the only thing that's going on right now is a lot of people writing articles anticipating that there will be more distressed real estate. No clear signs that there's going to be a meaningful uptick. And trust me um, when I tell you that if there were to be, Julie and I would be all the first to tell you we'd be all over it of course yes but see i bring this up because sometimes agents will think that there's something wrong with them because i keep on pursuing this spoke and i'm sending out letters and postcards and i've been calling and the business just isn't there to be had currently on something like that okay um, you can also be really good at doing those outbound calls but maybe you're just not so good on the phone even if you are talking to your past clients in spirit and you've got to do some work on that so the first point really is the biggest point because without quality, predictable, duplicatable lead generation, the rest of the points don't matter. I mean, you could have the most beautiful pre-listing package in the world, but if you never get to use it, who cares, right? So point number two, be the fastest, most professional agent possible with regards to your follow-up. You will live or die how, based on how well you follow up. You've got to practice what we call furiously fast lead follow-up. 90% of the time, the agent who gets the relationship, thus the sale, is the agent who speaks with the client first. It is that simple. Let's drill down on that. So um, call it McDonald, who we talk about frequently on our podcast because she's such a great success story. So she, you, Julie, you, you're, you've been a personal coach for like a million years. Right. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. you told me that she told you, now this was a long time ago, but I remember you told me this, that it was such an epiphany for her, an aha mm -hmm. moment when, and she had a noticeable increase in her revenue just because she changed her attitude about lead follow-up. Yes, that's right. And this happened within our first year together or so. And that's not uncommon. I still do this with uh, newer coaching clients to talk about what it means to have furiously fast lead follow-up. And there's a whole lot of things involved with that. Um, you know, not having different rules for different people or different situations, you know, just because they texted you doesn't mean that you have to text them back. Um, one of the things that she changed immediately was she had been uh, sending everybody to voicemail and not being as available as she is now, for example, or even, you know, after understanding this. And she jokes that one of the biggest aha moments in coaching was Answer the damn phone. Well, yeah, she said that, right? <laughs> you know? yeah. But so here's what where the you know unsuccessful or marginally successful agents, here's their method for furiously fast lead follow-up. Well, first of all, they've never put those words together. So right. what they do instead is they think that there's some sort of nobility into rationalizing being lazy with lead follow-up. And what you think about what I just said? Because you guys spend so much time with your dripping drip campaigns. Nobody wants to be dripped on. Being dripped on is disgusting. It, it actually is Chinese torture from like the Middle Ages or something, right? I mean, that I'm not even joking about that. Uh, I am joking about, you know, essentially tying it to the idea of just essentially following up with somebody long term digitally. Because what you guys will do 
is you replace actual returning the phone call and you rationalize, well, I'm just going to put them in my follow-up campaign or my drip campaign or my bomb bomb campaign or my, you know, whatever it is campaign. In other words, you are not actually picking up the phone and you're not pre-qualifying them with the intent of setting an appointment. You are making a huge mistake and you think there's no ability and having a huge list of people that you're doing long-term lead follow-up on versus actually picking up the phone and setting an appointment. So here's our personal philosophy with regards to long-term lead follow-up. And this is backed by actual research that's been done, especially as pertains to drip campaigns. They are a complete and total waste of time. And there's been many, many studies that have done have been done about this. Now, I don't think they were a wa- they were never a great use of time, um, but they weren't a total waste of time maybe 20 years ago. That's when drip campaigns were really uh, essentially in their infancy. And Julie and I did one in our, in our own uh, real estate practice maybe like 25 years ago. And we were, we were able to get business from it. But what's happened is now that everyone's done it in every sort of format you can possibly imagine, the thing that you want to do now is not have a big lead follow-up list. And matter of fact, the more leads you have, the less effective you are at following up with your leads. In other words, you're not even calling them back. Or if you're calling them back, you're not calling them back and pre-qualifying them for motivation. And that's one of the many, many things we teach you how to do in our coaching program. And if you guys are not in our coaching program yet, what the heck are you waiting for? So we're going to make it easy for all of you to get in the coaching program. We set aside a free coaching membership. Now the free coaching membership, please understand, it only covers maybe 1% of what's in the normal coaching program. But those of you who just want to dip your toes in the water and see if you like the temperature, go ahead and text the word survival to 31996. Go ahead and text the word survival to 31996. We'll text you back. Then you have to text us the word yes, saying you do want to be in the coaching program. And then we'll send you a link and you can join the free coaching program. When you do that, you are entitled to a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our coaches. How about that? In addition to about seven different books and guides, the first one I want you guys to get, first book I want you to download and get um, get to work on is the Real Estate Treasure Map. That is your 2021 fill-in-the-blank business plan. And now remember, again, this is only a, a smidge of our normal coaching program, but it is a great way for you to get started. Uh, for those of you guys who are not yet in the free coaching program, just text the word survival to 31996. Just text the word survival to 31996. That's right. So, you know, this whole concept of furiously fast lead follow-up, let me illustrate that for you. The faster you call, emphasis on the word call, someone back who was an inquiry, a sign call, an advertising call, a text. I don't care where they came from. They're asking for your help buying or selling. Okay. okay well, you They've just got said, a question. but you just said something yeah. because again, some you know people are preaching the idea that if someone texts you only text them. If someone emails you only email them. They have all these stupid rules that don't really pertain to anything that is going to help you be successful selling anything, let alone real estate. So here's the answer: you have to call every single person, and you should have a maximum amount of time it takes from you to get that lead to call them back, which is. Ideally, less than a minute, less than a minute. That's furiously fast. That's furiously fast. And here's what is happening in the minds of the person that you're calling back when you call them back that fast. They are amazingly impressed and they have never experienced anything like that from a real estate professional. Matter of fact, their experience is usually the exact opposite. Voicemails, emails, they drip campaigns. They ask if you're a real human. That's right. how shocked they are. They don't believe it, right? That right there is sometimes all it's going to take for you to get their business just because you've shown, you've respected their inquiry about what it is that you have to sell, what it is that you're offering them. You have respected their time and that you're going to respond to them immediately, not just basically set them aside and treat them like they're a second-class citizen. That will get you the business or at least give you the opportunity to make it your game to lose. Yes, your ability to turn that into a sale is 
it's like extremely dependent on how fast you get back with them. Because even if you wait 10 minutes, somebody else could have gotten back with them. They're onto something else. You know, they're off charging their phone. You're going to miss them, right? So Tim, I often get the question, if all I have is an email address, I can't call them. Okay. So usually what we say is you can Google the email address and sometimes get a phone number, but you should email them back saying, I'm here to immediately, I'm here to help you. What's the best phone number to reach you on? Well, I'll t- here's again, this is what I tell my private coaching sure. clients. And I'm sure not very many people are going to want to take this stern of a line. Mm-hmm. But if you get an inquiry from somebody you, and it's, you know, an email and they don't give you a phone number and you can't just do a quick search and find the phone number, email them back and ask for their phone number. And if they don't give you the phone number, I give you permission to throw that lead out. Yes, do not drip it incessantly. Right. Don't do it. That's just a waste of time. Again, your goal is not to accumulate a bunch of leads. This is, again, a fallacy in a lot of the ways that a lot of you guys are thinking about how you build a successful business, any kind of business. Lots of leads means ineffective, uh, pre-qualifying, ineffective appointment setting. Your goal is to have as few as number of leads as possible. Our most successful agents never have maybe more than 20 leads at, at, at any one time. And when Julie and I and, and of all of our coaches, the first thing, one of the first things you ask are, who are your best leads? right? And see if it's changing from week to week. Um, And usually if it doesn't, that means that that agent is not doing a good job of setting an appointment or they're accumulating unmotivated leads. And when you have a bunch of unmotivated leads or B or C leads, this is all explained in our book, Harris Rules, that's going to cover, you're going to have this false, you know, sense of security. And you're going to not work as hard and be as as focused as you would have otherwise been if you had no leads and and with regards to actually setting appointments. When you do a lot of lead accumulation and not appointment setting, it's a sign of weakness, not a sign of strength. Yes, that's right. And so here's the thing for your filters of why you want to have fewer leads, not more leads, and why you want to call all of them back. If somebody's unwilling to give you their phone number, how serious could they be? Use this filter. How does a buyer who actually buys act? Aren't they chasing you down to see what they want to see? asking a bunch of questions and being highly communicative? Of course they are. Same thing with a seller who has to sell. When can we meet? I need to get my house sold. Totally different behavior than I didn't feel like giving you my phone number. Back to you. I've got to get to Premier. Yep, you do. So guys, if you're in the Premier Coaching Program, make sure you attend live every day. So thank you for uh, being on the podcast today, Mrs. Harris. Have a great session. So guys, listen, ringing this, you know, reel, reeling this back in to what we were originally talking about with, as it pertains to politics. I know the world wants you to tr- be political and have an opinion. I know the world in a lot of cases tries to make you feel like, you know, crap if you're not taking one side or the other. But that is not where the true strength is. The true strength, the true strength is uh, in the versatility of understanding both perspectives and not being pigeonholed by consumers or even your own mind into believing one way. If you want to really have an understanding of essentially how the world's, you know, working out and how the social movements are, you know, what's causing things to go this way or the other way or politics go this way or the other way, if you feel it necessary to understand it, and matter of fact, you maybe want to completely avoid it, but if you do feel it necessary, try to listen to the perspectives from both sides. And here's what you'll discover, that the perspectives are shockingly similar. People, generally speaking, want the same thing. The way they go about getting the same thing or their philosophies behind it are are the way, where the differences lie. But generally speaking, we're all the same in our hopes and our fears. You know, We're all the same in what we want in life. We all want you know, someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. That's the essence of what drives every human. 
So there's no real differences. And the differences that are basically, um, that, you know, essentially being poked at are ones that are designed to cause a fusion, are designed to cause a separation, because then the other side, or rather the political you know, parties, are then able to basically force themselves into that chasm that's formed in that fusion and make themselves even more powerful. So my, And then you're easily, um, you're going to be manipulated quite easily. So the suggestion we have to all of you, and we've always had this, is don't get involved. When someone tries to force you to have an opinion, say you like to look at it from both perspectives, you appreciate the strengths and weaknesses of both sides of the argument, and that's it. But like the versatility that we're telling you to have with regards to DISC, um, you know, that is the ultimate goal that you should have in life. That way you can appeal to more people. You can have more types of friends and relationships. You can see more different perspectives. The way I think, the way Julie thinks, the way all of you guys think is not necessarily the right way to think or the only, it's definitely not the only way to think. And what makes you think that the way you think is superior to the way that, you know, Bob thinks it's, that's just ego, right? Doesn't make any sense. So if you're looking to see what you're essentially what you stand for, what you stand for is being to service being service to other people. What you stand for is essentially helping other people solve their problem as a real estate professional. That's really what you should stand for. And the only way you're going to be of service to other people is if you have the skill set that they're willing to pay for, right? So liberate yourself from all the Mickey Mouse that's out there right now in our country and set yourself free and set yourself on a course to be of service to as many people as you can because you have the skill set that you're anxious to use to help them solve their problem, which is buying or buying or selling real estate. Julie and I are naturally very optimistic, but we're cautiously optimistic. And I have to tell you right now, we're definitely more on the optimistic side over the next at least five years, no matter who wins the presidency. It doesn't really matter. It's only four years, really. Effectively, it's only three and a half years. Whoever wins next is whoever wins next. And then the pendulum will swing this way or the other way. Housing is always going to be something that every American sees as a you know, part of their American dream. That's not going to change. Each side, There's not going to be a politician ever that's going to say, I'm anti-housing. That will never, ever, ever happen. There's so much of the economy that's based on property taxes and people buying and selling real estate. Agents focus on real estate commissions, but it's so much more significant than that, the impact that buying and selling real estate has. So no matter what happens, guys, we're going to be okay. Okay. So don't worry about it. Just focus on making yourself um, somebody that other people find appealing professionally. So then they'll want to do business with you because on the other side of that is truly having a life where you can have a profound impact, not just on yourself and your family, but your community and the world on a whole, because other people will see that you have a calmness about you. Other people will see that, you know, you weren't so politically involved and you weren't so focused on things other than being of service to other people. Isn't that the person, aren't those the types of people you find appealing at your root, at your core? I bet you they are. They're the types I look for. Certainly, I'm not looking for, you know, people are pundits or people are overly one way or the other. Those people are boring. You know, it's sort of like you almost feel sorry for them because they're just living these tiny little ever decreasing, you know, worlds. And eventually they're going to find themselves underneath the staircase. All these big movements and these ideas, they come and flow. They're tr- they come and go. They're just trends. That's all they are. But the one trend that will never change is the, you know, is America. It's us all being Americans. It's, it's the fact that we all are so blessed to be, and I'm, you know, keep it practical. We're all so blessed to be in this real estate industry at this time um, in, you know, in the history of humanity. This, there's never been a more exciting time to be a, a real estate professional. There's never been bigger opportunities as there are now in real estate. So take full advantage of them. And the only way you're going to do it is by having the skill set that other people are willing to pay for. So keep that in mind, guys. 
As always, we keep it very practical. Hopefully this makes sense to you. If you need me for anything, or Julie for that matter, feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.